Welcome to the podcast. This is the Jack and Jock Show. Unfortunately, Jack Rowe is not going to be on the podcast again today. Uh, Mainly that is because he is moving out of his apartment into Kansas City and moving into a new apartment. So his opportunity to be on the podcast is not available tonight because he is currently packing up all his stuff. So uh, good luck to him on the move. We will have him on the podcast by next week. I also want to apologize for not having a podcast for the two games uh, this past weekend. But then again, there wasn't a lot to say about those games because we played two scrub teams. No offense, Chicago State and Southern Illinois Edwardsville. But there wasn't there wasn't a lot of things that we can glean from that. And honestly, when you try to predict things from playing teams like that, it's just going to go badly. But anyways, getting to the big game today, uh, the opener, as far as I'm concerned, of Purdue's basketball season was against the Marquette Golden Eagles, played in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Purdue came away the victors, and by a big margin, they came came away with the win, 86-71. I first want to get into some overall team statistics for the game. Purdue shot really well from the field. 57.1% on 56 field goals. Uh, They didn't shoot so well from three, only 33%. But at the same time, they were opportunistic about their shots and only took 12. 18 for 23 from the free throw line, so a good game from the free throw line. Uh, 34 total rebounds with seven offensive rebounds. That outpaced Marquette by 11 rebounds as they only had 23 Uh, Purdue had 19 assists. Again, that's what we've come to expect. A lot of moving uh, of the ball. Five steals, five blocks, 11 turnovers. That's not a bad number for Purdue. Honestly, in my opinion, if we're keeping it below 15, I'm pretty happy. So a good day on the turnover end, especially in the second half where I believe they only had three total turnovers. So again, Purdue comes out the victors 86-71. to There is a lot of things to talk about in this game. And the first thing I want to talk about is the first half. Now, Purdue came out of the gate pretty well, and they came out firing from all cylinders, and they looked pretty uh, pretty decent. Um, In the first half, they didn't do a lot of scoring, but neither did Marquette. It was kind of a slow first half. The one thing that had me a little concerned was that Purdue was having a hard time getting open three-point opportunities. I don't know if that is because of how Marquette plays defense or if it's that Purdue's still trying to figure out how they're going to run this offense uh, with the new personnel that they've added. I'm going to go with more of the latter because I noticed a few things throughout this game that Purdue's going to have to work on moving forward if they want to really, really move into that elite level of a team. And I want to preface what I'm about to say by saying that I think Purdue is a lot better than I give them credit for. And I'm I'm already I'm already backtracking a little bit on my predictions, but I think Purdue could possibly be a top 10 team at some point this year. I don't know if they'll stay in that position the whole season, but they look darn good tonight. And because they did not play a very good game. If you if you go back and watch the tape, I th- I think the players would agree that it wasn't their best performance by any stretch of the imagination. One of our best players, arguably our best player on the team, didn't play for the majority of the game. Vincent Edwards was on the bench for the majority of this game. I I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I believe that Grady Eifert 
played more minutes tonight than Vincent F. Edwards. If you had asked any Purdue fan about two months ago, hey, against Marquette, who's playing more minutes, Vince Edwards or Grady Eifert? Does anybody say Grady Eifert plays more minutes besides possibly Grady Eifert's parents? I don't even think Tyler Eifert says that Grady plays more minutes than Vincent Edwards because it, it's just so implausible. But that's what happens in college basketball. Vince Edwards could not... He had, a, he had a bit of a fouling bug, and he couldn't get away from it. He couldn't get away from it. He made a few really ticky-tack fouls. And granted, should they have been called? Not necessarily. Bo Borowski was one of the refs tonight, and he's notorious for uh, not, not being big fans of the Boilermakers. So that could have been part of it. But I, I want to say this, that the, the narrative on Twitter after the first half was that Purdue was getting beat because the refs were hosing us. And I just want to say that that is, that is an entirely false narrative. It's such a false narrative, and it's such a weak move on fans' parts to blame the refs, especially when it's, it's far from apparent. And, and there have been games that I've complained about refs. I, I can't lie about that. But this was not one of those games where you could point at, oh, yeah, this this was the refs taking the game from us. Yes, the foul discrepancy was 10 to 5 in the first half. But again, there were no blatant missed calls in my opinion. Some people may disagree. I try to err on the side of not blaming refs because, look, the guys on the court are the ones who ultimately decide the game. The refs can make a few bad calls, but you have to adjust. And bad calls go both ways. They did tonight. It all evened out by the end. And guess whose players fouled out? Only players to foul out were Mar uh, Marquette players. And there were two, of, or at least one of them was Marquette's best player, uh, Howard, Marcus Howard. And um, another guy fouled out, John, the forward that had to guard Haas all night. Rest in peace. I feel sorry for him. But, again, stop blaming refs because that's just the ultimate sign of being a petty fan and just not understanding the game i think it's a weak move but anyways let's get into the basketball um there were a lot of ups in this game as far as individual performances but this really was a team performance you had vince edwards score 10 points in pretty limited minutes isaac haas stole the show tonight 22 points i don't know what it is about these gavit games and i'm going to get into this a little bit later but isaac haas performs against the big east uh, Carson Edwards, a pretty good game, pretty efficient, and honestly, more efficient than I expected. Six for 11 from the field with 15 points. Dakota Mathias, well-rounded as usual with 10. And P.J. Thompson, you can't say enough about this guy as far as being under the radar with seven points. But the guy that I want to talk about really quickly, um, who deserves a few minutes of discussion, is Grady Eifert coming off the bench. Now, I, I, I took notes during this game, and he came in around the five or six minute mark uh, because uh, Vince Edwards was in foul trouble. And I wrote down a few lineups uh, Jaquil Taylor, Tyler Eifert, Carson Edwards, PJ, and Ryan Klein. I said this, this lineup was poo. This lineup was absolute garbage. And I still stand by that because Jaquil Taylor, I think, is kind of garbage. It is what it is. But Grady Eifert, after the first five minutes that he was in this game, and especially in the second half, he really, really settled into that role 
of being the backup power forward for this team. And I'm honestly excited for what he brings to the table. Now, Grady Eifert is never going to score 20 points a game. He's probably never going to take a game over offensively, but that's not what we need him to do. There are so many weapons on this Purdue team that we can get by with him just simply doing the dirty work that needs to be done. And what do I mean by that? I mean that he is going to fly into the boards and crash them for every single rebound that he can get on the offensive end and the defensive end. You saw that tonight. There was a ball that came off the backboard pretty high. And what did Grady Eifert do? He went up and tapped it out to, I believe, Dakota Mathias for an offensive rebound. What else did he do tonight? He made great, absolutely stunning cuts to the hoop off the ball. And Vin, I got to give credit also to Haas for finding him. But Eifert made two great cuts, and it led to two baskets. One was an and-one opportunity that he finished strong to the hoop, which you can't necessarily say for some of the guys that have played for Purdue in the past. And and you have to love the story for Grady Eifert just uh, considering the fact that he was a walk-on just two years ago. And, and for all intensive purposes, you can still consider him a walk-on caliber player because he was never recruited specifically by Purdue when he chose Purdue to be his landing spot. So I, I can't say enough about the grit, the demeanor, the poise, just everything was wonderful by Eifert after those first five minutes, which were admittedly rough. I, I can't be happier for this guy. I'm glad that he's seeing the court. I think this says a lot about uh, where he's at because he's getting minutes in front of Eden Ewing, who was part of the recruiting class this year. And Eden Ewing didn't even play tonight. That says how much better Grady Eifert is than Eden Ewing, in my opinion. And I could be wrong about that, but I, I, I don't think the minutes lie on that. So Grady Eifert, congratulations on a huge, huge game. We couldn't have won this game without you. Um, another guy that we could not have won this game without and who I am notorious for ragging on, but I will definitely give credit when it's due. And I hope that I'm wrong about him going forward, but Isaac Haas. Uh, I want to get this out of the way right now, is the Biggie Swanigan player of the game with 22 points on 8 of 14 shooting, 6 of 6 from the free throw line, 5 total rebounds, only 2 turnovers and 2 personal fouls. Isaac Haas was absolutely the catalyst for this Purdue team tonight. It, it was undeniable every time that Purdue needed a basket, basket Haas was there, and Haas was able to make a move in order to get to the hoop and, and just made it happen. He just plain made it happen tonight, and there's not a lot more that can be said. Did Marquette have a lot of options as far as guarding him? Not really, um, and I think that that's important when we try to uh, extrapolate these results for what's going to happen the rest of the season. I don't necessarily believe that we can assume that this is the Haas we're going to see the rest of the season. Because Haas, in my opinion, is very matchup dependent on when he breaks out. And he, he tends to break out against teams that don't have a lot of size down low and don't have a lot of strength down low. 
it, it, whenever Haas plays teams that have a combination of that, that's when you start to see problems. So I looking forward, I think against Michigan State, you're, you're going to see Haas struggle because Kenny Goins uh, for Michigan State is a big, big uh, forward. And that's a guy that Haas can't just bully around. But anyways, that's moving forward. Haas had a wonderful game. Honestly, he, he probably should have shot 10 for 14 because he missed one more point-blank layup uh, late in the game. And the first or the second shot attempt that he had, he missed a point-blank dunk, which is kind of classic for Isaac Haas. It's not an Isaac Haas game until he misses a point-blank dunk. But it didn't It didn't end it up. Uh, to his credit, it didn't uh, derail his uh, optimism. It didn't. It didn't make him uh, get down on himself. So I couldn't be happier that he had this kind of game, and I'm excited for. I'm. I'm skeptically excited for what he could do this year after this game. But I want to remind people of what he did last year against Villanova, who also couldn't handle him down low. Last year against Villanova, Isaac Haas had uh, 22 points, same as today, uh, on 8 of 10 shooting, 6 of 9 from the free throw line. So almost an identical game to what you saw tonight. And was Isaac Haas good, good last year? Yes. Was he scoring 22 points a game last year? No. Don't, don't let this win go to your head. Don't think that Haas is going to be a player of the year type of player. Don't think that he's going to uh, be the guy that's going to replace Biggie Swanigan because he's not. But can he be better? Could I be wrong about the entire prognosis of what Haas could be for the entire season? Absolutely. So let's see what he does going forward. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he does in the Bahamas because that will be the true uh, litmus test of what he can be for the rest of the season. But as far as this Purdue team as a whole, Everything is trending upward, in my opinion. I think I think this is going to surprise some people in the college basketball world because even though Marquette isn't an elite team, they're still a good team, and Purdue won by 15 on the road. That is that is not an easy win by any means. And I gotta say, my 11 and 2 prediction uh, of Purdue in the non-conference uh, is starting to look better. I know it's only three games in, but when Purdue goes on the road. And beats Marquette, I get a little excited. And I could just be a homer right now. I try not to be a homer, but that's what I see. Uh, anyways, let's look at some of the other players. Carson Edwards, again, absolutely electric. He only scored 15 points in that game, and I, to me, that was low. It could, because in the first half, he was pretty much non-existent. The first 10 minutes of the game, it, it was unlike any Carson Edwards I've ever seen. He wasn't demanding the ball. He was just kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting to see uh, what would happen. And it, honestly, I didn't like it. I'm going to be honest. Uh, he, I want him to be the guy that takes uh, takes control. Um, yes, that's, that's not always going to go great. And yes, he does need to be more under control. But this guy is going to take Purdue to the sky. He's going to – the sky is the limit for this team when he is performing well. 15 points was all that Purdue needed today, so I'm glad that he was uh, in control of his game enough to realize that he didn't need to do everything. But, some, again, some of the shots that he made today were absolutely stellar. Uh, he hit a corner three with a guy in his face, which was 
uh, admirable in its own right, and I loved that. But the, the the shot that I really enjoyed was the step back jumper on the baseline. The two deep two pointer teardrop shot was absolutely fantastic. Uh, you can't say enough about Carson Edwards, and that is uh, evident in the fact that basically the announcers for tonight's game, they were basically Purdue. You you would have thought that we had sent the announcers uh, for this game to Fox Sports 1 because they were talking about Purdue nonstop. There wasn't a lot of talk about Marquette. Honestly, if I was a Marquette fan, I would have hated the announcers tonight because all they could talk about was Isaac Koss. How good is Isaac Koss? How good is Carson Edwards? Oh, P.J. Thompson, the unspoken hero of this team. And while I loved hearing that, I certainly do, I've been on the other side when the announcers are only talking about IU or Michigan State and they really don't get to all the cool idiosyncrasies of uh, my team. So as a fan of the opposing team, I would have been really, really upset if I was a Marquette fan. Not much you can do about that. And I guess as a Purdue fan, I enjoyed it. Uh, But uh, cool to see that uh, they're talking about Purdue and the announcers seem to think that Purdue is a top 10 team. Eh, I'm starting to get on board with that uh, fact. I think uh, we'll really find out next week, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, Dakota Mathias, typical typical great game, uh, four from eight from the field, played some lockdown defense. Y- you really can't blame him for some of the shots that Howard made. They were just incredible, and I want to give credit really quick to some of Marquette's players, Rousey and Howard in, uh, specifically. Those two guys are, uh, they're all Big East players, in my opinion. I don't know enough of the Big East, but those guys will be on some form of all Big East teams, whether that's first, second, honorable mention. They will be in there. Those two guys are fantastic, specifically Howard. That guy can shoot from anywhere on the court. He he is a, he's a Steph Curry type, not to say that he is Steph Curry or has that kind of talent, uh, specifically, but that's the kind of guy he is. He'll pull up from anywhere. He's not afraid to shoot it, and he lit it up tonight. Eight for 13 from the field, four of eight from three. Absolutely incredible performance from him. I felt bad that he fouled out because uh, once that happened, Marquette was done. You could just tell by the demeanor of their team, of their coach, Wojciechowski, it was over. Uh, that's never fun to see if you're an opposing team, and uh yeah, so hopefully Marquette does well going forward, so that will improve Purdue's uh, RPI and their standings, and they make that win look good. Um, a few more things about Purdue. Matt Harms had a pretty darn good game. He continues to look special. Uh, he has great touch with that left hand. I don't know I don't know how he does on the right side yet. I don't know if he's uh, able to go to both sides of the hoop. I want to see a little more out of that because – that could potentially cause problems going forward if he's only good on one side of the basket. But as a forward it's or a center, it's less of a big deal than if you can only drive to one side as a guard. But again, this guy is going to be a star. Uh, the Dutch Thunder is going to be one of the best uh, centers in the country, I'd say, in two years. By his junior season, he will be one of the best centers in the country. I've been on this guy since the World University Games, uh, even though he didn't play, I've been saying Purdue wins gold if they had Matt Harms. Uh, Lithuania was pretty athletic, 
and they could have used another seven foot three center on the court that had a little more speed on the defensive end than Isaac Haas. Um, but that that's Matt Harms for the game. The guy that was the most disappointing player of the game by far, I don't even think it's close, was Nogel Eastern. This is the guy that I've touted as being the defensive player that Purdue uh, is going to be able to rely on when uh, more athletic guards um, come into Purdue's matchups. I, I think that I thought that Nogel would be able to play an even better defense than maybe uh, PJ, but that is going to be wrong. I'm very wrong on that, and I can tell that based on today's game. Not to say that Nogel won't be a defensive stopper at some point in his Purdue career. It's not going to be this year. He was absolutely eaten alive tonight uh, by Rousey. It wasn't even close. He was made, he really, really struggled to guard Rousey. Uh, He caused a four-point play, which at the time that it happened, was not a good point to be giving Marquette a four-point game. At that point, it was still close. He had by far the worst game. It it was rough, but he'll move forward. He'll come back hopefully stronger. I think we may need to temper expectations on him a little bit this year. He looked a little lost, but um, I think he'll turn it around. He'll have a couple good games, but I don't think he's going to be in any contention for any freshman all-conference awards or anything of the such. I think if anybody does that, it'll be Matt Harms. Um, I know I'm jumping around a lot today with only one person on the podcast, but one more thing about Harms that I wanted to mention that I had it in my notes is that Harms really needs to figure out where he fits in on the offense um, because he relies almost solely on that pick-and-roll game. And there were a few times this uh, in this game where I could tell where the other guys that had the ball wanted uh, Harms to cut to the basket. Instead, every single time he goes for that high ball screen, which, to his credit, he was open a lot of times even when he wasn't hit with a pass. But he needs to expand his game. He needs to start to learn his role and realize that the, the high pick and roll isn't the end-all to every single offensive possession and that he does have other moves because I think he's skilled enough to do other things. And uh, I think he'll learn that, again, Harms will be able to do whatever he wants in about two years. Just give him time. You're going to love this kid. Vince Edwards, again, hardly played this game, still managed to get 10 points. That shows you the kind of factor that Vince Edwards is going to be this year. Uh, Ryan Klein... He hit a big three in a big moment, didn't have a great game, but the three that he did hit, the step-back jumper, was much needed, and that was when Marquette was starting to make a run. Which brings me to my next point, was that Purdue was very, very, very opportunistic with its baskets in the second half. Whenever Marquette hit a shot, Purdue came right back down the court and matched that. It was absolutely fun to watch it was amazing it's something that i'm not used to seeing from purdue because in the past couple years purdue has kind of been a team of streaks if you look at uh the round of 32 game against iowa state we were up the whole game by a lot and then we let iowa state go on this big run to catch up and eventually take the lead which we took back but again it's a it's a game of runs for purdue but in this game 
Purdue was able to capitalize every single time they needed a basket. They were able to come down the court and get one, which I hope they do all season because that is what winning teams do. Um, I would much rather have a consistent team that doesn't necessarily go on huge runs of their own, but is consistently scoring baskets and not going with scoring droughts like Purdue was doing last year. And maybe that's because we don't have to throw it in to Biggie Swanigan every single time. Now, I've seen some things on Twitter, oh, we're a better team without Swanigan. I don't buy into that one second. I think Swanigan absolutely made Purdue a better team. I just don't know that we always utilize Biggie in the best way. I think at the end of the games, we tended to rely on him a little too much instead of instead of sticking with the game plan. So in that respect, I think Purdue has a, a, a different ceiling this year, and uh, they'll play differently. I don't think we'll be a team of runs as much this year, but I, for one, am happy about that. Uh, getting to a few of the other awards that I'm going to be giving out on a weekly basis or a gamely basis, uh, the Morgan Burke bonehead play of the game. Now, initially, and I thought this was going to win for sure, it was going to be the Isaac Haas missed dunk at the beginning of the game. That was absolutely horrible. No one in front of him. I don't know what he was doing. It was really bad. But this is the rare occasion where a Haas miss dunk is going to be beat for the Morgan Burke bonehead play of the game. And this one goes to my boy Grady Eifert. Great game. But the first time that he got to the free throw line, he airballed a free throw. That is the epitome of bonehead. That, I will tell you this right now, that is going to be in the running for the end of the season of the bonehead play of the year because you cannot go on the road and airball a free throw. Granted, I believe he made the rest of his free throws for the rest of the game. So he definitely settled in, and I'm glad he did that. But he still airballed a free throw. Very, very bad. But I, I, I feel okay making fun of him a little bit because I know that every single one of those Purdue players is going to be making fun of him tonight for missing an air ball free throw. He might have to run some extra laps tomorrow. It, it, it'll be okay. But that, that was absolutely hilarious now that we've won. But he airballed a free throw. If you see him on campus, make fun of him for that. Tell, let him know he had a good game. But make fun of him for the air ball free throw. Anyways, the defense lives here. Defensive player of the game. Um, play of the game, not player of the game. The play of the game um, was the Carson chase down block at the end of the first half. Uh, Carson came off a screen to shoot a three-pointer. He must have thought he was wide open. He ended up getting blocked. Uh, they have a wide open lane to the uh, hoop on the other end. But Carson Edwards comes down like Superman. Um, and blocks the shot from behind. It was a LeBron block. He pins it against the backboard. Uh, much reminiscent of the 2016 NBA Finals, uh, Game 7, the Steph Curry chase down block. Yeah, go watch that. That's what Carson Edwards did tonight. It was a thing of beauty. Um, but all around, just a fabulous, fabulous game for Purdue. 86-71 against Marquette. Great win. Purdue is currently 3-0. We have another game uh, in a couple days on Saturday against Fairfield. Don't know who they are. Purdue's going to win that. Uh, 
bet all your money on it in Vegas because um, it's not going to be close. And then next Wednesday is when the real fun begins, guys, because Purdue takes on Tennessee, which they need to win. That is a must-win game for Purdue in this non-conference season. And if they win that game, they most likely get a date with Villanova on Thanksgiving. Can it get any better than that? No, it cannot. We will have a chance to play a top 10 team in the country. Guys, this is a beautiful start to the Boilermaker basketball season. Embrace it. Love it. Tweet about it. Talk trash to all the IU fans. Post on Reddit. Post on any college basketball blog that you can, letting them know that Purdue's the best team in the country. I don't care. Scream it at the top of the mountains because Purdue is 3-0. They have a quality win on the road against Marquette. You can't write it up any better than this. Purdue, 86. Marquette, 71. 3-0 to start the season. Enjoy it. That is the end of today's podcast. Tune in for our next podcast podcast next Wednesday when we'll have the return of Jack Rowe. Uh, today's podcast was a little rough. I'll admit that. Uh, but it'll be better going forward. Again, it's a little harder to do things by yourself. Uh, I'd be the first one to admit that. But it's going to be a good season. And the podcasts are only going to get better. Much like uh, Vincent Edwards' ability to not follow out of games. Anyways... Have a great rest of the night. Have a great tomorrow or whenever you're listening. Subscribe on uh, iTunes. Five stars. Leave a comment on the rating if you want. Uh, Make fun of me. I don't know. Make fun of my lisp because that's a thing. Anyways, peace out.